Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast for the recently deceased. I'm Nate Roberts. Hey Nate Roberts, I'm Rodney Godek. How we doing? I'm doing okay, I'm doing okay. Um, we are here with episode 21. Uh, we've got a couple horror comedies and... Mm-hmm. Um, and uh i don't know one of them was was really tough for me um as far how, as uh how, how did you feel about let the wrong one in so i was excited for let the wrong one in i think i was the one that recommended we watch this one at first cuz i just saw the cover art and it seems uh, very tantalizing and they're playing off of the amazing uh vampire movie let the right one in you know, right, play on words right, there. Sure, sure, sure. I was like, okay, if you're going to reference uh, that amazing film, then you're going to respect it enough to make a good fucking movie, or at least a movie that isn't shit. And I was very frustrated and disappointed because the it does something, and it does it very well with the kind of comedic elements that it has, but it just it gets old quick, and it kind of wears out its welcome pretty early into the movie. And so overall, it's like a bit of a, a buzzkill. Um, has good qualities and some cool gore, some not cool gore, and some good lines and some not good lines. But overall, it's like it's a little bit more flat than yeah. I would want. Yeah, I think it was um, was a, a fail as far as like horror comedy goes. Like like it definitely kept me paying attention, got me to the end of the movie. Um, but it but it was tough, especially with the plot kind of being shoehorned in about halfway through the movie. Um, you get a lot of, uh, a lot of like hijinks for the first half half an hour. And, and for the most part, they're a little slapsticky, but they're, there's there's a lot of slapstick. It's like fucking, um, you know, three stooges and it's, it, it gets absurd. Sometimes there is a scene where, uh, one of the characters is, uh, chasing after a pigeon to get it so that his brother can feed off of it. And the pigeon flies right. away, and he like looks up. No, there's a pigeon, and then the pigeon right. poops on his face. It's like on his head. this is stupid. Yeah. Don't even waste anyone's time doing it. Like, like ridiculous stuff like that. Like, what are you doing? Just that's not a funny joke anymore. I'm yeah. not four. Yeah, yeah. This this isn't uh, <laughs> this this isn't Tom and Jerry. Um, yeah, the people that know let the right one in, which you're banking on because that's why they're watching this. They have a certain palate, and you, <laughs> you just pigeon shat in their mouth with that joke. <laughs> with like, that it's joke, so yeah. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will. I will give this uh, the movie props for um, uh, Anthony Stewart Head uh, or Tony Head or Anthony Head, however you like to however you like to call him. Um, Sir Anthony Hopkins Head. Sir, Who's Sir, this? Sir Anthony Stewart Head. Um, he was the. Uh, the fake doctor who turned out to be the vampire hunter, um, who oh. was who was in love with trains and was probably the, <laughs> that was the best best recurring joke in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like like even like to his demise was <clears throat> was so was so good and uh, it was also like fans of of Tony Head um, when he was first introduced he's pretending to be this doctor. Um, and he's putting on this terrible Irish accent, and you're like, you're like, he's not that bad of an actor. Um, 
this must be on purpose and it was like the there's a joke after he's revealed to be british that that, yeah. that he was doing uh, uh in the words of the of the of the main character a shite irish accent um, yeah. so um all right so let's talk about let the wrong one in uh what what happens here it starts off there's a <laughs> it's the uh it's the bridal shower yeah so like it it's kind of it had it starts off and it really gets you excited uh because it has like this homage to classic horror films where there's you know uh Dracula's castle more or less in the background right. and they're in uh, Transylvania find, yeah and the text is all like that Transylvania and then uh you know record screech cut to uh Franz Ferdinand uh take me out Right. And Broad's coming for their uh, bachelorette party on uh, drinking and storming, which I was like, okay, you're kind of like flipping things, and that's okay because you're subverting expectations. You're starting with the classic trope, and now you're injecting more modern music with this modern event that's occurring in this old setting. It's like, okay, so you're kind of intelligently starting things. Let's see where it goes. Uh, and even that first intro is still pretty good because there's absurdity with the way that they're all acting. The bachelorette party getting crazy. Uh, yeah. They're big inflatable penis, and they throw it at the guy chasing them from the bar. And right, because they all stole the glasses. They all stole a glass from the bar. Yeah, they yeah. The, and uh, the guys, uh-huh. the, the, the bouncers chasing them, and they split up. Um, mm-hmm. And then the bouncer sees something and he gets scared and he runs away. Um, because well, the <laughs> the 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 woman who's about to be married is uh, like gets cornered by him, and she she comes onto him in a very loud, abrasive, drunk way, and uh, he gets scared and runs off, and she turns around to find uh, a vampire in a in a hilarious like <laughs> like uh, anytime like SNL does like a like a New York City Russian in a club yeah, kind of kind of tra- track <laughs> yeah. yeah the track with the with the gold chain necklace big chain yeah sort but, of jesse yeah. pinkman-esque yeah um i've recently been re-watching breaking bad with the uh with the wife who never saw it when it was out so i oh. outside of the things that we watch i've been wasting so much time watching that for like the fifth fucking time and it's been exhausting so finally uh. she finished it because she does some on her own but we would watch it a lot so i'm finally done with that so hopefully I have more time to watch these because I'll be honest, whenever a movie like this comes out and it's like, I wish that I would have watched something else too. And I can fit in another movie to make myself feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> his character. His character was funny though. And he says something, he mumbles something and she's like, uh, I don't know what you're saying. I don't speak Romanian. Like, <laughs> it's just yeah. like there was good lines and delivery. I was like, yeah. it sets you up to like get excited. Uh, and then it cuts real quick to Dublin you know the ne- the next uh, so you get back to that and you see the what will be our lead character eating garlic fries because she right. gets her neck tore out by that right. that that and, street thug and, vampire and it, it does like a quick cut where the the gooiness of the blood is the gooiness of the garlic yeah. cheese being put on the fries right uh, the best jump cut of something like that though was um, done here's mine a quick cut of like from something uh, gory or grotesque to like something different or just like to insinuate something. At least the one that always stuck out in my mind was, do you remember me, myself and Irene? Yes. Do you remember the scene I'm talking about? I don't though. (laughs) 
Uh, so Jim Carrey is early on in The Neighbor. He turns into the crazy one. Uh, and The Neighbor, uh, his dog always shits on his lawn. So he's like fed up. He gets back and he's flipped. He's uh, Hank now or whatever. Uh, yeah, he goes right. to his neighbor's lawn. He takes his newspaper and he gets on his neighbor's lawn. And he squats. You see him making a face. He's just like, and then it cuts to uh, soft serve soft coming serve. out of an ice cream machine. Yeah. And like, that was a great cut because you're, you're like repulsed. And I go, oh, shit. Oh, good. Oh, it's ice cream. Oh, it's just ice cream. <laughs> Whew, that's gross. Uh, <laughs> I, always, I always remember that one. Uh, all right. So, uh, so we're, we're back. We're in Dublin. And right, he's eating the garlic fries. And he's just and, walking home from a night out. Yep. The lead. Yeah, he gets home. His mom is like, make breakfast, or we'll we'll have some breakfast, and then she comes down later, and she's like, where's the breakfast? So it like yeah, insinu- it. It, it insinuated that she was gonna make it, but then he's the one who has to make it for her, um, and she's like checking lotto numbers too. So, you know, we get this very early on like depiction of like you know maybe a maybe a bad mom or like a like an absent mom. Yeah. Um, rough home life. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever reason. Tough, yeah. tough home life. Yeah. The father's out of the picture, right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't exist. There's no point in question or answering. It just helps you establish uh, discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. It does it all in like just a few seconds and does it, does a pretty good job at it. Oh, Hey, so we didn't uh, start our, uh, this is a, uh, this is breaking tradition for a little while. We didn't read oh, the tagline oh, from IMDb. Oh. We mi- oh, not right. that we have to. Okay, I'm sorry we did. Oh, man, we rushed it. That's All right. okay, it's not rushed, it just changed. Do you want to read it real quick? It's short. All right, yes. A, a young supermarket worker discovers his older brother is a vampire and has to choose whether to help him or slay him. Written and directed by Connor McMahon. Um, and there, there's the man himself, uh, Tony Head. of Buffy the Vampire Slayer fame if you don't know who that is he was Giles the the watcher for Buffy Um, and he was awesome he also played uh, Dr. Frankenfurter in the London Broadway version of of the Rocky Horror Show Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah he was also in he was also in horror Horror opera comedy. Um, hey, for any for any viewers joining <laughs> us late, welcome to the uh, to the Tony Head podcast hour. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to be going through his catalog of all his greatest hits, lowlights and highlights, and talking about why we love him so much. Uh, so, yeah. as far as a tagline, I'm okay with this uh, in general because uh, you might question like, oh, I'm finding out that the brother's already a vampire. Isn't there some intrigue or some surprise in that? And no, there isn't, because you were getting to the point where the uh, son, um, whose name I can't recall, Matt, uh, is going to be cooking breakfast very, very, like, immediately in the same scene, you start to see Deco, who is the brother, uh, on his way to the house or traveling through the town and he's avoiding sunlight and he's like steaming in the sunlight. So like sunlight, you understand pretty quickly he's a vampire and then you come to find out it's the brother. So the fact that they talk about the brother being a vampire and what does that mean for him in this tagline is fine. And more or less like they handle that immediately. And then it's just ridiculous things that happen. You can, you can even see like, you can even see the puncture marks while he's walking back uh, to the Mm -hmm. house, while he's walking to the house. Um, 
So you could so also So here's think... the thing about him. Um with this character, I thought he was at first I loved him. I thought that his mannerisms and his sort of like physical comedy that he was doing and a lot of his delivery with the being like sort of the aloof never do well brother really worked comedically it was on it's just it then became so repetitive and redundant throughout the course of the film that it just wasn't interesting anymore it was the same joke or the same expression or the same stupid thing and it just gets absurd by the end with with how they cap things off which i guess you can laugh at it for being that dumb yeah uh but I really liked him at first. He does kind of reel you in with uh, the way that he is interacting with his brother. Like this first scene, this first set piece where they find out the what's going on is good enough to keep you interested and earn you a, a bit more time to watch it, you know, and to like be into it, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the that this opening scene. Um kind of sells the movie like you're you're yeah. you're invested you're like oh this is going to be one of those good funny cheeky foreign horror comedies um you know that you expect when you watch like a british horror comedy like uh like severance or Shaun of the dead that kind of thing um or all my friends hate me not quite <laughs> but it yeah. is what i expected from all my friends hate me <laughs> uh <clears throat> So I guess what I'm saying is like it, it, the film is earning goodwill in this first uh, part of the film. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, where you're gonna you're gonna let it do what it wants to do. Yeah. So he tries to get in and then he can't get in. There's like a an invisible barrier that stops him. So then um, then his brother and him are fighting about whether or not he's gonna let him in because his mom will kill him if if he sees him again because Deco is like the black sheep for whatever reason and. Eventually, he's like, "Well, are you gonna invite me in?" And he's like, "Go, go on in." And so they, so he does go in, and he does hide him from the mother. And there's like, you know, it's very physical, slapsticky, where they're like hiding him behind a, like a half wall in the kitchen that divides the kitchen from the dining area or the next room. And she's trying to leave, but she comes back, and then she leaves, and then she comes back, and but he's like in sunlight. At, while he's hiding there, so he's trying to get out and not scream, and it, it's some good physical comedy. Um. <clears throat> yeah, their dialogue and everything, the way that they interact, was excellent at first, and I mean, it was where I was paying attention to the quotes. Uh, oh, so the only other thing that I'll mention that also earned goodwill for me when this film started, so we mentioned the movie opened with Franz Ferdinand, modern music in this old setting, and then it jumps right to uh, Deco's walk back to the house, Violent Femmes, Blister oh, in the Sun, and it's like, and it's great, and it's like, oh my god, this movie's gonna be spot on, just having cool music that is useful to the plot and the characters, but like, you you know the music and you like the music. These are the only two. It's like they it's pay the only, money for these two, and that's it. Yeah, there's the only it's two done. songs in the movie. <laughs> I I like yeah. made a list. I was like, okay, here's gonna be a list of some tracks. I want to keep track, and it's like, nope, we're done doing that. We just wanted to get you excited, and we'll never pay that off again. Right. But at any rate, um, he's awesome early on here. Uh, like, his delivery of certain things, like, I can't remember what Matt said or whatever, but he's like, what you insinuating? Like, in his delivery was shit, and some of the the lines are really just um, 
funny and dry, sardonic and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I was it's really a, into it. Yeah, and the, they built it. They, yeah, they did a good job with the comedy in the in the first thirty minutes, I think. And um, it, I will say though that I put I turned subtitles on. These Irish accents are super thick. Um, For sure. It 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 is. They are hard to, hard to understand and. and I don't know how much subtitles helps you if you don't know the lingo because Irish slang versus English slang is a little different. And when mm-hmm. I mean say English, I mean British. Um, they definitely have words or meanings for words that we that we don't have and that the British don't have, so that we don't we aren't already familiar with them. Um, and that happened a few times where I'm like, what the fuck does he mean by that? yeah it's sort of like uh you know shakespearean in that way you kind of just have to go along with it know you missed something but try to put it together with context yeah context kind of gets you there but (laughs) but it's like the word they chose is like what that doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. uh all right so so the brother is hiding the brother matt i think right is hiding deco and Mm -hmm. Um, Deco's changing more. He's starting to actually crave blood, and they're trying to figure it out. Um, he actually does, like, attack Matt in one scene. Okay, that's what Matt, uh, goes, goes out, we already kind of brought this up, he goes out and tries to find him, like, a cat or a dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, okay, so we skipped over the neighbor. Yeah. Right, uh, you see him briefly when, uh, when Matt's walking home at night and you see him uh, briefly when Deco is coming, uh, he's like, just, he's in the window lifting weights or just looking like a creepo. He's got yeah. a funny face and body. Uh, he's there for the, for, for the physical comedy. Yeah. So I think that, uh, I can't remember the order of operations here, but yeah, the neighbor yeah. is there and, well, um, he threatens Matt. He's like, I know Deco's around. Deco owes me money if I see him. I'm going right, to right, right. face him. Um, so then uh, then he needs the key for some reason to get Well, because Anthony had uh, come, arrives. Oh, that already happened by that time? Full well, because that's why he gets locked out, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Oof. so he's locked out because I know it's like, oh, so here's the thing. And this film, it there's so much similarity in all of the events that are going to occur that they really muddle together and because the jokes are all so similar and nothing really sticks out as like a unique iconic scene or set it just gets muddled and so recalling how you got from a to b to c is super difficult and i just watched this a couple hours ago and it was done in such a way that it wasn't going to burn itself into my uh into memory yeah so yeah it's that's what's so ridiculous about uh what we're trying to do with with going through it because it's the whole middle is muddled through right okay so i guess then we'll have to we'll have to go all right matt calls a doctor to see if right he can help because because he they see the the skin doing its thing in the sun and uh deco starts puking blood and it's right. a big physical gag where there's just blood shooting out like Saturday Night Live type amount of projectile blood and vomit wow. on him. And so they're like, yeah, you're not well. Let's call the doctor. And so then the doctor arrives and it's Anthony Head's character, Henry, who says that he can treat him and he wants to be alone with him. 
Right. And so he goes through all those motions to get him, and he's secretly a vampire hunter. There was something that was alluded to already where you kind of know, like, he's, he's right. on the hunt. Right, because uh, before the doctor gets there, there's a cab, and the cab uh, gets on the mic and says, hey, I think I found one of those vampires, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, right. It's, just, it's a, quick, a quick thing. You don't think anything of it. Real, it's a, you it's see a, a real ridiculous thing, too, yeah. where he's dragging a body, and it's burning in the sun, and then it goes around the front of the car, and now the body is turned into a skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> he's dragging a, a skeleton, he throws it into a dumpster. Yeah. So it's like, this is just an asinine portrayal of the things and so like that's what's so frustrating and but maybe funny but maybe not about the movie is that it does things that are just so dumb that you wonder why it was included you didn't have to do something so cheap or so um yeah so silly to you could have just not done it or just like yeah the vampire's on fire. It's outside. Why are you dragging it at all? Just get in your car and drive You can't away. force a joke in every single line of dialogue in every single uh, frame of the picture. Like, it just doesn't – it's too much. And I think that's what we're suffering from is that it's just like so – it's trying so hard nonstop throughout the whole film that it weakens every other moment that might have been good. You need moments of, like, just regular dialogue without funny shit to make – when you do have a good joke or a good interaction – it lands harder. Right. And because it just has like just shit jokes the whole time through, none of them are remarkable. So it all just is yeah. nothing. I will say that, you know, I am a fan of Anthony head, obviously, but he has some really great jokes in this movie. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Because not only is he a vampire hunter, but he is, uh, he loves trains, uh, whatever they call that. Uh, somebody who's obsessed with trains. Um, he, is one of oh yeah, people. I don't remember the name. Yeah, he said he said it in the movie. I can't remember it though. Um, yeah, and he's and, very dry with a lot of it too because he's he and he plays it straight, you yeah. know, with appreciation, and that's what's so great about it is whenever yeah. you have a character like that that's just a normal straight guy yeah. uh, that has this bizarre interest or passion, it makes it that much more enjoyable and funny to laugh at slash with him. Right, right. Because in the beginning of the movie, um, we see the. Uh, at the nightclub before Deco stumbles stumbles home, we see the woman who got bit in Transylvania in the bride's dress. Um, mm-hmm. We see her take Deco into a into a stall. Or do we? Uh, that that might be a flashback. Who knows? He, it happens he early tells, on, though. Yeah, he, 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 yeah, he tells he tells Matt the story. So we yeah. know that we know that this is the the main vampire character, and at some point it is gonna cut away to. Her and a bunch of other vampires building a nightclub, and randomly mm-hmm. throughout the movie, you're going to see flyers for it. Um, right. Yeah. And that's like the that's the a plot, which actually doesn't even get introduced until like halfway through the movie, um, which I thought was really frustrating, and also like probably could have just done without. A, a, a plot at all you know if do it like a bottle episode and just you could have stayed in the house for the whole movie if they wanted to more like a like a home alone like have the vampires come attack the house and that be it and just call it 80 minutes and call it done but instead it's like an hour 40 hour 45 and it's, it's uh painfully long it's so long it went on so much occurs because long. so many things happen with the characters and like every possible iteration of 
the sun doing this or the blood doing this and the fangs doing that. Like it's so uh, you're bombarded with it within the first 30. You're like, Jesus Christ, I have to do this more than two more times. And I'm like, I don't know if I can make it. And that's what you start questioning. That's what you mentioned. Um, like why it's, I don't know why they would have decided to make a movie and structure it this way. Because if you think back to certain classics like and i'm just going to pick these two i haven't seen them in a long time uh so teen wolf which i know very well uh but also the jim carrey vampire movie once bitten yeah remember that one yeah sure so that's like sort of coming of age but also uh the characters get the curse or whatever it is you know however you want to describe it and now they have to like uh learn a new life and what that means and what they have have to do and what powers they have, how they have to interact with others. And there's all kinds of neat little fun gaffes and jokes and things to make related to it and how they interact with things, you know, give me a keg of beer. Like it was awesome. That's an awesome yeah. scene. And using the power of the animal inside then uh, when Jim Carrey's going to the, the, to talk to the butcher and trying to get the pig blood, it's all, heightened because there's a lot of normalcy that makes it more interesting and this film doesn't like learn anything from it they just want it's an snl skit that lasts for an hour 40 minutes it's just it's too much yeah yeah it definitely is um okay so the he uh he locks matt out um henry does and, right, because uh, he wants to perform the stake through the heart. The he's, through the heart. Yep. he's Van Helsing. He's a vampire hunter. Oh yeah, he gets it. He gets uh, Deco to lay down and close his eyes, and he's like, "I'm going to perform the thing," you know. Yeah, he's he's going <laughs> to check him out. Right. Matt uh, runs around the house, tries to get in. He sees what's going on. He makes a noise. Uh, Deco opens his eyes. They start to fight. Uh, he, Matt can't get in, so he runs to the neighbor to get the key. Spare key, uh, yeah. Spare key. The neighbor gives him the spare key. He's a douche about it. Um, he gets in and he stops them both from fighting. I think he ties them both up. Yeah. Or he, or he, yeah, definitely, he, ties, he definitely ties up Henry, and maybe they he, he and Deco hang out for a little bit before he ties up Deco, but eventually they're both tied up. Once again, yeah, this movie really like just runs together because it's it is kind of a mess. Um, it doesn't really get messy until now, though. Like, yes, the house stuff. It, it all had a normal narrative progression yeah. of what would go on. It's just start crazy starts stuff starts to happen, and it just gets yeah. crazier and crazier. Because right now we're gonna get uh, like a phone call from the from the girlfriend, and mm-hmm. we're also Natalie gonna, is Deco's yeah. girlfriend, and he's been dodging her. Uh, but he there was a like, funny moment where he's like listening. He's like he really likes her though. I think Matt asks him if you love her, and he's like, "Don't be, don't be gay about it or something." He makes some yeah. off comment, uh, off collar comment, and then he listens to fifteen voicemails that she's left, and it's just like what you would imagine, like, right, her threatening his life, and then in the next one, her professing her love to him. Right. It's just like that kind of uh, bipolar nature of a of a relationship, and so it's a joke and it's like it kind of sits there for a good minute or two of just this one joke with the yeah. voicemails and so 
So also, it's important, I guess, that Deco is trying very hard not to uh, drink blood, and he professes that he's not going to, that he doesn't need to, he's going to fight it. Um, also, yeah, also, he's gone this, cold turkey before. Yeah, he's gone cold turkey before, it's right. So now in this, this, as at this point in the movie, we know that he was definitely a drug addict, he stole from the house, he stole the TV, that's why him and Matt have this weird thing, which mm-hmm. you'll notice he keeps saying, yo, me, whatever, um, which also never made sense uh, that Matt ever even owed him at all, because it, you know, he Deco did the thing. Like it would be, he would owe him if Deco if Matt stole the TV, and Deco took the blame for it. But Deco stole the TV. <laughs> like I I I I'm not mis uh, misremembering that, right? I <laughs> I remember the scene, and you know. I'm trying to think if I missed something because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it so doesn't, it doesn't I, make it sense. makes me question it. Like, am I am I stupid? Did I not pay attention the right way? No, you're it not. It seems like he just he he ratted his brother out, and that's what he's upset. And I guess he said, "You owe me," because she was flipping her shit, and so he just he, he owes was forced him. to take the fall, and so that's he, why you should he owe owes me him. because he owes him because you ratted him out. That doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, it's all stuff. So. Yeah, so you know, brother stuff. Yeah, um, well, and again, is Matt? Uh, it feels he didn't want to wake up one day and see his brother dead with a needle in his arm, and so right. and like they play that for like sort of like this dramatic interaction with him. But again, you can't really do. Excuse me, you can't really do that after you've done all this nonsense. So once, yeah, once again, to my point of why are you trying to to give us this plot when you could when you could like you just did 30 minutes of like slapstick like just keep doing it until like why are you forcing us to go down these roads now where where okay so the the neighbor is going to make his way into the house somehow um after they've put uh Henry in the garage right um yeah because and, he gets the rabbit Right. Matt, right, right. Deco wants to feed, so he goes to look for animals. So he f- so he steals the rabbit, stealing the neighbor's rabbit, which he so saw when the he rabbit. The key, right. Deco tries to do it, but he doesn't like it. Uh, he tries to bite it, but the rabbit bites his brother, and he's like, "I'm not eating this rabbit. It's too too fatty." Yeah, yeah. And uh, and Matt gets cut, and Deco senses the blood, and he's like, "Oh, I win." Then so then that's when he goes paranoid for the blood. Right. And the neighbor comes over and he barges in or he has the key because Matt accidentally dropped it on the way out from stealing the rabbit. Which so is now how, he has the key. It's also how he knows that it was him who stole the rabbit. Yeah, they yeah. stole the rabbit. So he barges in and he immediately just says, Where's where's me fucking rabbit? Right. You know? And the rabbit wasn't killed, it was just bitten, right? Right. So it's like it's like limp hopping around. Um but anyway, I, I think Matt is out with Henry in the in the shed, and um, he's gonna right because they ran away because Deco was uh, super crazed for the blood for the blood, and now the neighbor comes in, and now the neighbor's gonna right. So, so he's going after the neighbor now. Right. So Matt will come back in because he's gonna check on Deco, and he'll see Deco um, like bring the neighbor upstairs. And he'll chase him up there, 
and then Deco just devours him, like just goes nuts. Um, blood everywhere, like, and also, you know, we can touch on the no CG of this movie. Like, I was a big fan of the super blood, like everywhere, um, mm-hmm. and and like always seemed to get Matt in the face, like Matt, like it becomes a recurring thing, face and chest just covered, um, multiple multiple times throughout the movie. Um, yeah, they use CG a couple times. Yeah, um, but they use it for the practical. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but I feel like there was one part where when Henry eventually gets his throat slit, uh, yeah. and some of that blood at the train thing, and I think yeah. it was a little bit of CG when that was spreading out. That's still a great. That's still a great scene. I think that's the best scene in the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. The I think it's like for me, it's really just the intro with the two yeah. of them because I think that the comedic dialogue between the two is really strong. Yeah. And it sells you. It's just it's hard to pay attention to any of the stuff after. Yeah, so we do get a bunch of ridiculous things now. So um, we have a training montage where Matt's like, "I want to learn how to fight vampires." <laughs> this this part's and, good. You're right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like, and they're like, just doing this weird like steak stuff where they like throw it up in the air, catch it and, thr- and thrust. And yeah, and they do, they're like, training around a fucking weed in the middle yeah. of the yard. It's just this loose stem of a of a weed that's grown with big leaves coming off of it uh and they're like he's swatting at it <laughs> it's just absurd it is funny um it's at this point where deco sees them training and is going to finally have a conversation with the girlfriend and uh i think i don't think he tells her to come over but she just says she's coming over. I think over. Matt told Matt, her. Uh, Matt actually texts her, yeah, at some point. So maybe she's already in there. Yeah. Again, it, it doesn't matter. And really, yeah. it's from here <laughs> on out that now yeah. that it's just going to start to interact with the original vampire ride right. Right. and so, yeah. building those cohorts and how they're now searching for other people. And uh, by the time night falls, I don't even remember how things go, where they get right. to the fucking club and everything. So. Right, so let's yeah, let's just do the let's just do the highlights from here on out. So at this point, we're halfway through the movie, and everything good for the most part is already over. So he's gonna turn his girlfriend into a vampire because his girlfriend begged him to. Uh, Matt's gonna mm-hmm. see it, get a little upset, but he's gonna explain that she asked him to. Okay, fine. Um, the mom is gonna get abducted. Because she has AB negative blood, and apparently it's like a fine wine to them. They're going to tell mm-hmm. her that she won the lottery and and raffle her off at the club. Um, she actually saves them because they got to the ha- the the villain's vampire henchman got to the house to kill everyone, and they smell the AB negative, and that's when they take off. So the scene right before they take off is where they kill Henry. Because um, they had a scarf, a train scarf with his scent on it, so they tracked his yeah. scent. To, they tracked his scent to the house, and the scene is really great where she's actually. Cause so, so the the story here is that she was engaged to Henry, and that's why mm-hmm. Henry's killing these vampires is because it they ruined his life, um, and apparently she's the she's the head boss as well. So she's the she is the major villain. And she's making tons of vampires, and her plan is to take over Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, once again, so unnecessary plot. Um, 
we know that Henry's a train enthusiast, and at this point, so this scene is really fun where she's actually like crying to him, and she's uh, she's actually upset about the way things went down. And there's almost a, like a redeemable moment here where Henry can apologize, and they could possibly reconcile um, in some in some strange way, right? Um, based on like the emotions that that are being thrown around. But then a train goes by. <laughs> <laughs> and Henry's like, oh, wait a tick. And he just like looks over at it. It's like, oh, yeah. it's, it's it's they the blah, blah, yeah, it's the blah, 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 blah. Oh. He's like talking to them like, they must, they must be running different schedules. He's like, normally it runs at 9.30. It's, it's 7.30. This is, they bumped up its schedule. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and she gets so frustrated with him describing the trains. She says, the trains is all you've ever loved. And she slits his throat. And that's the end of Tony Head, but it's a it's a very uh, very funny scene. Yeah, um, a lot of it, you know, <laughs> some of it is similar to Shaun of the Dead, you know, where a lot of madness is happening, but some of the characters find moments of uh, banal uh, humor in certain events. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, so then they run off uh, with the mom. Um, so now Matt is is like okay well we got to go rescue my mom and uh deco is like nah me and my lady here are just going to be vampires um we're going to take the house too so don't come back and <laughs> and like deck and you know, deco proves to be a, a total shit like we you know like we thought um so he leaves and that's what he goes to do deco will of course, after banging his girlfriend in his mom's bed, <laughs> he'll open this uh, this like cabinet on the nightstand to find a shrine to him that his mom kept, I guess, you know, hidden from Matt. Um, right. To where he has this revelation that oh, she did care the whole time, and mm-hmm. he'll he'll decide that okay, we've got to go save my mom. Um, the girlfriend chases after Matt as a bat. Uh, Deco couldn't turn. She turned. She mm-hmm. gets into. She gets on top of the car. She fights. She gets into the car uh, as a bat. He grabs her and throws her and locks <laughs> her in the uh, in the glove box. That was pretty great. Yeah, yeah. You know the idea of resolving uh, this <laughs> vampire fight where it's finally in bat form and that he. Did, and it like because he slams on the brakes while they're driving. Oh and right! So that flies against the windshield and like falls. He's like, and so he takes the chance to just pick it up and throw it in the glove. It's really understated. Just uh, it made me chuckle. It's not laugh out loud type thing. Yeah. But it's kind of uh, creative and funny. And there's a lot of those moments, but it's just so, again, it's so mixed up with every yeah. other goddamn thing that it yeah. doesn't there... stand out, and it's hard to fucking be impressed or excited about them. Yeah, they they are few and they, yeah, they are few and far between and and everything in between is is definitely just like a it it they're, dulls they're, you. They're just throwing so that you it. don't feel the next tip, you know. Yeah, they just they just throw it at the throw it at the wind, you know, throw it at the fan, throw it at the wall, throw it at the wall, throw it at the wall and eventually, yeah. you know, you got to laugh at one of them and and but right. you're like you're so just numb to like 
Okay, we get it. Punchline, punchline, punchline. Okay, like, come on. I picked um, the wrong day to, to stop sniffing glue. Exactly, exactly. Picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he gets to the club, and uh, he puts on fake fangs, or he uses uh, press-on nails. He uses press-on nails. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and also, he has braces, which he is has... weird, but whatever. He puts the gel in his hair. He puts yeah. on glasses. He tries to look like... Uh, they might have even referenced Twilight, I think, uh, earlier in the movie, talking about other vampires and, and shit. Maybe not. I could have been thinking about something else, but um, he like looks like a modern chic vampire, you know? Right, right. Because he thinks that's what you should look like if you're going to go to a, a vampire club. you got to look classy vampire. Right, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, so he gets in. Uh, well, he he doesn't get in immediately. Like, the vampire at the door gives him a lot of shit. And, uh, yeah. you know, he just... It's pretty keeps, entertaining. Busting his balls. Busting balls. And eventually she reveals that she's busting balls. Um, so he does get in. And it's just like vampires killing humans. You know, any human that walks in is just free game. And mm-hmm. laughing and having a good time and drinking all sorts of blood and, um, and it, it's uh, pretty much just what it is. Like it's it's a it's a mishmash. It doesn't look very organized. Like so, something you get with um, B movies or independent movies when you have crowds, the crowd control is very bad, and um, you mm-hmm. definitely get that here. Like the, you know, you guys are over here having fun. You guys are over here having fun, and like. That's the direction, and then you the camera starts rolling, and eh, you know I'm not bu- I'm not buying it. It's just a bunch of people standing around waiting for the next thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like even when the vampires, because uh, the vampires will all run out of the place later, you just like look at all the faces of the vampires, and half of them look obviously like they have no idea what they're doing, and it's like it's like we I mean you guys are all like you know fifty dollar a day extras, and you're not you know you're not selling it. Um, but you know it, that comes with the territory of of movies like this, right? Like it's it's almost expected, but it's very obvious in this movie. Um, so uh, we know that there's a raffle, and um, his ticket has the same number, but his ticket isn't the right color, so he dips it yeah. in, in some blood <laughs> <laughs> to make it red thirty-seven. Okay, red thirty-seven. So he wins his mom. And he's trying to get her out of there, uh, but then the person who actually has the ticket comes out of the bathroom I, or somewhere. I don't know. Like, do vampires yeah. use the restroom? I don't know. Uh, yeah, he, he's like, he missed the call. Yeah. And and now he's like, I have that number. That's I have that ticket. He doesn't have that ticket. And uh, he's like, Mom, we gotta get out of here. And I don't even remember how they, how the the other shoe drops here, but they start hoofing it right like yeah the they mother... just run they just run yeah. and they run into deco somehow and deco's been covering the floor in um in some kind of alcohol and he's trying to light his his lighter but he can't but luckily his mom is smoking because that's the first thing she did once they once they hit around a corner and the vampires mm-hmm. kept going uh was light a cigarette so she lights the place on fire and then they keep running uh they get to a point where where she gets away, uh, and then and the two of them have to fight, right? 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And, or and he and Deco ends up turning into a bat finally, and um, and carries Matt away, and then it comes back to the vampires as they're like, "Oh, you got away," and it shows like, was it almost? It was almost like a time bomb, right? Or like a? Oh no. It's a propane tank on with a with a lighter next to it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it blows up the vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hate to Yeah, see and it. like, yeah, he turns into a bat, save his head, so he's got a human head all large right, on right. a bat he, body. He couldn't quite do it all. <laughs> right, and he's carrying Matt, and it's just awful CG, and it's kind of funny how silly and stupid it is, but it's like also embarrassingly dumb. Yeah. Where it's, I'm not laughing anymore. Like it's, it's just like I just feel bad now for the guy that's on a goddamn rig in a studio with a green screen around him, and he's like <laughs> pretending to be carried. But like it just it's, it seems just embarrassing at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think uh, I think this kind of goes home. Deco comes home. That's kind of like the happily ever after moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this, and it just wraps it up. Cuts the credits, right? Yeah. Yep. And then yeah. the, the first after credits scene, uh, cause you, you go, the first thing I thought when it hit credits was the, uh, the girlfriend's still in the glove box. Um, so the, you get an after credit scene. Well, it's not even after credits. It's like five seconds into the credits. It cuts back to, um, to two people like, cause the car is a cab and it's kind of just left there with the doors open. So they hop in, maybe they're going to steal it or something. And, you know, then the, she gets out and, you know, the ca- the car shakes and they scream. And um, so that that resolves that. Yeah. Well, good for you for watching it, because I got to the credits. And I was like, OK, movie's over. Um, <laughs> cool. I thought I don't need any fucking MCU type credit scene. The movie's over. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was it, already it was already an hour 40. So yeah. Yeah. The movie it, 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 is fucking over. Yeah. It wasn't worth it. Uh, but uh, I, we, I did get to see what happened to the girlfriend. Uh, <clears throat> oh, dude, trust me. I saw the image pop up on the screen, and I was just like, nope. Oh, I, it was I fast, the taxi. <laughs> I, It popped up real quick. I saw a taxi. I was like, uh, nope, I'm nope, done. Don't I'm need to know. go have dinner. Don't need to know. <laughs> see, it's disappointing. Uh, and I was right. Apparently, on IMDb, it does mention that they did reference Twilight. Natalie brings it up and saying uh, about Team Edward and Team Jacob. So I feel like that's where the idea of how he has to dress to get into the club might have been planted. Right, right, right. At right, least right. in my mind, that's what happened. So. Okay. Uh, so, um, the inevitable. Right. Uh, I give this movie a three out of. 10. Hey, me too. A three out of ten for me as well. Three out of ten. Um, hey. I yeah. It's I, unfortunate. You yeah. Know? I I I hoped you know for for some greatness and it started off strong, and even the Tony Head cameo couldn't save it. Um, now, just to, again, too muddled, trying to do too many things at once. Uh, the narrative plot didn't have just a, a cohesive progression. And, like, what's yeah. the point? You know, there's no idea of, like, a hero's journey. There's no idea yeah. of coming of age as a vampire. It's yeah. all just, like, here's all the crazy, ridiculous things that vampires can possibly be doing. Let's do every possible thing that is funny or interesting. Like, and again, what we do in the shadows exists. 
Right. They did the movie. The movie was perfect. They do the TV series, and that was nearly perfect. It was very great yeah. first season, and it starts to trail off successively in each additional season, but it's still good. Right. Be- in part because of uh, was it Matt Barry? Matt Barry. But, oh, dude. <laughs> but that, everything he touches is gold. <laughs> but for a lot of reasons. Uh, so it's like, you know, if you're going to try to live in that universe, doing comedic vampire you have to i don't know you have to pick a lane or pick a a goal like our goal is to do this better than anyone and just do that yeah. i don't know yeah there there was so how do you make this movie better uh introduce the villain uh as the villain um much earlier and and make her intentions known right um instead of kind of ambiguous and you kind of have to put the club thing together on your own un- until it becomes obvious which was way too late. Um, and then, as you said, no hero's journey. Well, we have Matt and Deco, and they're both the main character. We don't right. have, we don't, there, it is not clearly defined that Matt is the protagonist or that Deco is the protagonist. Um, so we don't know which one of them is on the hero's journey. The answer is neither of them. They're just kind of doing things until the movie's over. And so just, not, you know, it just wasn't good. Yeah. All right. Well, um, it's going to settle out of three. Now, fortunately, we can still salvage our conversation tonight because we have the seed, uh, which we will sink our teeth into now. Um, why don't you pull it up and give yep, us the... I got it. I got it. What starts awesome. out as Girls Weekend Away in the Mojave Desert becomes a tale of horror, death, and alien invasion in this comedy horror sci-fi written and directed by Sam... Walker, and um, who did I really like in this movie? I mean, I, all three of the women were excellent. Uh, Chelsea Edge, specifically, who played uh, Char- Charlotte or Charles, um, yeah. she was fantastic, and I'm like, through, <clears throat> halfway through the movie, I'm like, alright, i got to pause this. I know I know her from somewhere. I Oh, heard... don't, don't tell me, because I feel like I've recognized her, but I don't know. I want to find out. You, de- you, de- you definitely don't know. <laughs> okay. She was in the interactive movie video game Erica for the PS4, which I love interactive movie video games. I play, play slash watch whatever, them all. I'm a huge fan of the genre, of, this, of the Choose Your Own Adventure concept. I always have been. And she was in Erica. And Erica was great. If you have a PS4 or PS5, you can download it on the PlayStation Network. It is totally worth your time to play through these movies. I have a ton of them. There's like five or six of them on the PlayStation Network right now, and they are all fantastic. There's, there's not, there's, uh, this was, so this one's a psychological thriller mystery set in a, set in a mental ward. Um, they have like, uh, not vampire, they, they have um, Zombie Holocaust. They have um, like a sci-fi one that's about like cryo freezing and stuff. And that one actually stars the um, the girl from Letterkenny, uh, the sister. Um, okay. Yeah. So they're they're really good. The production value is good. The acting Jesus. is good. Yeah. These are totally this worth. This is it. like I feel like like any minute you're gonna be like. Also, I'm into ARGs and I just watched the World's Fair and I'm going to the World's Fair. And <laughs> well, this is we, cool. We, I yeah. I never played any of those. I, I sounds interesting. No, they're awesome, and they're all they're all 
subtly, if not fully, in the horror genre, because why on earth would you do that as a video game if you if it wasn't, like, based in horror? <laughs> right. Um, okay. So we have uh, Lucy Martin playing Deirdre, or D, and Sophie Vavasur as uh, Heather. And all three ladies did, uh, did an excellent job in this movie. Um, yeah. This is uh, Sam Walker's um, feature-length directorial debut. Uh, he wrote and directed this one. Um, and it shows lots of promise. Uh, and I will agree that both um, all three of the leads were very good in the film. Yes. Uh, yeah. As, as far as Sam Walker is concerned, as his first feature um, on his IMDb, he's just got a bunch of shorts. Um, definitely promise. Uh, his cinematography uh, was great. Like there was some really nice camera work. Um, it was all. It was always very interesting to look at. Um, when we get into the later half of the movie and we're experiencing the alien, um, they do some really interesting, like. Uh, quick cut mashing with color and light and all sorts of cool things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so once again, very pretty um, through the whole movie. Uh, you know, it's set in the desert, in the middle of the desert, so you get a lot of, like, bright sun shots and, like, lots of wide-angle stuff where there's a lot of scenery and the characters are, are kind of small in the middle. Um, mm hmm they did a lot of shots like that. It was uh, really, really good work. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, to me, like, I thought that the the plot device of having this once-in-a-lifetime uh, meteor shower occurring, uh, it's sort of um, poetic in that this film sort of is like a meteor in that, you know, it has this bright flash of life and excitement but ultimately is going to end in uh, nothing. It's going to disintegrate as it enters yeah. Earth, Earth's atmosphere. Like that there are so many good things about this movie, but when you reflect upon it, it's not going to be top tier, great uh, finished product. There's a lot to hang your hat on and a lot to get into, but it's not enough to be a finished um, gem in the genre in any of the genres that it's dabbling in it does really fantastic things though and so uh i guess we should get into it because yeah. it, i so we have three uh fresh young actresses uh there's going to be lots of good practical effects there's going to be good cg type cinematography uh effects that you mentioned yep. and the plot is kind of absurd wacky fun plot and so it has all of these elements uh that they're going to be uh you know going with and it's set up to be done well. It's just it's going to lose its footing um, from time to time. And we'll try to identify those and yeah, maybe but, give what we would have liked to have seen or not. But right, right, it's still right. fun along the way. So, so I'm going to agree that the movie, um, you know, it doesn't quite <clears throat> get to the get to the good or like better than good kind of kind of realm. But I I think um, I think that's more for the for the first half than the second half. I think when it starts to ramp up is when it actually gets a little better for me. Um, yeah. But well, I would it, separate it. I, I liked first, I liked act one and liked act three. Act, yeah, two, act two. I thought was garbage. Yeah. 
it yeah. dragged. It was too yeah. slow. It, it was meandered. way too long. Yeah. And now I, I will also say that I didn't like the very end, the conclusion. Although I did enjoy Act Three, um, and and sure. that and that we can talk about when we get there. And I have a very specific reasons for it. Um, uh, and that's all storytelling related. Like, well, so that's a, and you know that's the funny thing. That's a horror thing, you know. I know, it's, and it, I, it, I we, said and, it. I lo- invariably, <laughs> we always talk about this. And like, and it happens I, at, and I look at each other, and, and I said, I said, oh, they went with the horror trope ending, and I was like, I was like, and they really shouldn't have. Not, and now, now it, I love, I love it when the bad guys win, and that's all I'm going to say for right now. You love having a potential sequel. I and do. There could be I a, do. An, an ending that happens. But not with this movie. Not with Truth this movie. Die. We'll talk oh, about it when we get there. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. All right. But like, uh, okay. But in general, like, it's a thing, you know. No, how I, you finish a horror movie, and this is meant to be a horror movie. That they're not like pretending it's a different kind of movie. It is a horror movie. It is it the is conclusion a horror. to movies. It's it's so interesting. It's and you wonder what is it that ultimately guides a director or a writer to go one way versus the other because it's it's confusing because it's such a simple thing. Why do it one way or the other? Like, and there's so many examples where they do, where they play it for bad guys win or something's revealed. And it's like, what? You didn't have to do that. The, the not knowing and not having things answered was great. I left, I loved that anxiety that I felt where other times and they do it and they do it in such a way that you're like, Oh yeah, that's great. And right. it's so, it it works sometimes, and it doesn't work another time. And and I think in this in this instance it didn't work. And and once again we'll talk about it when we get there. All right. So we got these three ladies who uh, went to college together, they're and they're, <laughs> they're 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 uh, they obviously they went to college together, and they're having a girls' weekend for the first time in too long, way too long, they say. And uh, you get their personalities right away. They are. Um, they're not cookie cutter at all, but they they want to convey to the viewer. Well, two of them are kind of cookie cutter. Uh, <laughs> they want to convey to the viewer their personality right away, so that you can kind of get into their shoes um, <clears throat> and understand their their perspectives uh, on the dialogue. So that way, you don't have to to learn who these characters are through the dialogue. They're just yeah, gonna, and there can be. They can be caricatures, you know, that's yeah. fair. Uh, they're still going to have some individuality or uniqueness to them in the way that the actor is able to bring something to that role that's sure. still fun and inventive or creative. But, right. uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's, you know, uh, so Charlotte, like you said, is the... Um, so she works is the, She works for at a pet store. So she's, she's like the bleeding heart character, you know. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be the conscience. Of the group, we have the yoga instructor Heather, and uh, D is of course is the Instagram diva, um, who is very like, just like over the top. And, and as we said briefly before we started this thing, unfortunately for this movie, I'm not going to blame the movie for this character, but that character has been in so many horror movies lately that I'm kind of getting sick of the Instagram diva trope. Not the seed's fault, as it 2021, it's not, you know, it's not the newest movie we've watched. Um, mm-hmm. But I've seen so much of that character that 
I was instantly turned off by D uh, by D's personality. I mean, you're supposed to not really like them. They're supposed to be the bitchy <laughs> character anyway. But but she maybe maybe it was the actress, maybe it was the writing, maybe it was the directing. She does something a little different. At, you know, after that first introduction where you're like, oh, this is who this is, um, and they just hang out, I think you do kind of humanize her a little bit more. Um, and she's a little deeper than, than what they introduce initially. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe we can attribute that to, uh, to Lucy Martin's performance. Um, you know, as we said, they all did a great job. So, well, you mentioned that the most recent, um, like Insta social media type persona that like really stuck out in my mind was I was when I was thinking back was um I know what you did last summer, the reboot that had Margot, uh, played oh, by uh, Bri- Margo, Brianne yeah. Pugh. Like, it was obnoxious, but she was great in the role. Uh, she's gonna be in a new um zombie uh feature from Blumhouse, uh, Ooh. coming out. June third, so we'll be looking forward to that because obviously, nice. if yeah. if um if the sadness didn't prove that zombies are still a alive and well genre, then you know yeah. But well, yeah, the I, social I, thing has been so overdone. It is yeah. it is. But yeah. it's kind of like uh, it's just I don't know. It's a thing you have to acknowledge it. It's the elephant in the room sometimes, and it's a, it's a real thing. Like uh, the goddamn CBS News bullshit that's on my TV would it, there's reports coming out like that there are kids that grow up that say i i think i can't remember the number but statistically they pulled youths or people of a certain age and the majority of them said that they would like to be an influencer when they grow up like it was a, a ton like 30 40 percent said that they would like to be an influencer when they uh are an adult it's bizarre man it's yeah. it's, it's a thing right well what's what I thought was interesting about this is when they lose the internet, how she says that she has sponsors. If she doesn't post, she doesn't get paid. The, you know, the Instagram characters or the the social media characters of the past have never really talked about that. I mean, they didn't go very deep into it, of course, but they at least made the the reference to to how she actually makes her money by doing this thing. Right. How right. like the, you know, like it or not, I have a responsibility to produce this content and right. I don't like it sometimes either. And right. It's sort it's of like a, the humanness of it. Yes, it's exactly. A job. Yeah, it's a job. And that's, and that was nice to see once again, <clears throat> uh, you know, mm-hmm. them doing the character a little bit better than I've seen it done. Sure. Even, even though I was pretty tired of seeing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we have Heather, right, who is uh, the yoga instructor. It's her father's house somehow. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's out in the middle of nowhere on the desert. They have yeah. several acres of land uh, that yeah. they're on. And so, yeah, it's just a very posh, nice place yeah. uh, that she definitely doesn't want things to happen to. Bad uh, her anxiety bad. about that kind of is like a running gag to some extent. And it is funny. Yep. So they, uh, it's I guess the meteor shower is not the first night. So they drink and they have a good time. Uh, and I feel like it, it is. Was a, it the first night? I think, no, I think I it think is it, the first night. Uh, yeah, maybe it is yeah, the first night. Okay. So it's just right. one of those, but it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, the, the thing that's important to note is like, you know, the 
film is structured in such a way it's a it's a, a proper structure where you get into the characters and yeah you see Deidre's social media shit happen and it's obnoxious but the way that they are acting and the roles that they each are going to play are defined you just were able to identify those characters and you know them and right. that's just from the first interaction so this movie it's very well written yeah. and so that you understand and know how to approach things they've got great chemistry you believe them to be fast friends yep uh and i think that continues throughout the whole film uh and it's that like short biting back and forth that they're going to continue to have throughout the majority of the beginning that uh it's kind of witty it's it's funny and it buys you into liking them as a group of right. of you uh of girls that you're going to want to follow right. their story right because they're you know they're kind of dicks to each other like bitches to each mm-hmm. other but it's yeah. also but it's like funny and it's like because they know each other so well is is like how it's played so it definitely works yeah and and it's also like the idea that there's this once in a lifetime media shower that watch it's sort of like a, a good little nod to the ridiculous core movies of the 50s where there was a planetary alignment and it caused this thing to happen yeah, right right and you know all right also, so like killer clowns the blob all these things that just happen uh, to land yeah. the color out of space it's all like it it knows what it's talking about and Co- i appreciate that color out of space was so good oh my god i loved it okay uh so they um they're watching the meteor shower and uh at this moment their phones die uh and they they like glitch out and sh- uh is freaking out and heather and um Charles are just watching and and they're in complete awe of it and it uh it does some weird directional changes and they say is it supposed to look like that or is it supposed to do that uh-huh. and, and then um and that's when D finally you know clicks in and and watches and she she just and we get to see once again a little humanness from this character uh where she like it's so beautiful and then the first thing out of her mouth is, is it supposed to look like that? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so now we get them poolside. It's over. They all have, like, wine or whatever. And they're just, you know, some more dialogue. And this rock lands in the pool. And they fish it out. And it smells like shit. And <laughs> there's, there's a lot of great dialogue that happens during this interaction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could list a lot because each one I was like, I got to write this down because it's fucking great. Um, but the one for me, there's a few things, but the, maybe the, my favorite was when Deidre, uh, they're talking about fishing it out. And I think, uh, Heather or someone doesn't really want to, or they're afraid to. And she's like, don't be a pussy. You know what happens to pussies? They get fucked. They fuck. get fucked. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's, it's, it's overt, but, uh, and it's, you know, irreverent, but it was hilarious. Uh, and then they're trying they're, so they're trying to fish it out of the pool and Heather is really freaking out. She's like, get the towels, get the towels, get the towels. The like, cause she doesn't yeah. want to. I don't no, want to stay in the deck. Yeah, like, don't da- stay. Yeah. My dad, is, my dad will kill me. And then mm. Dee's bitching because her phone doesn't work and she needs pictures. This is media content gold. Um, so she's freaking out because her phone's not working. Heather's freaking out because it might do something. And and then of course, um, you know, uh, Charles is just the um, the. Well, let's just see what it is. Uh, she's curious yeah, go along with it and whatever. Yeah, they fish it out and they more or less leave it, uh, and they just uh, keep having more drinks uh, inside. Yeah, and they're trying to like understand. Yeah, uh, yeah. It. I think to quote Deidre, she said, um, 
oh my god, it stinks of ass. Yeah. <laughs> I think God took a shit in your pool, Heather. In your pool, Heather. <laughs> um, yeah, so they go inside, and uh, I think they just, like, wake up with hangovers. Yeah, they're all hungover, uh, and they find out that this uh, the thing is missing. It is not there anymore. Right. But there's streaks of where it seemingly has scuttled off to. Black goo trail. Black goo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and you, you follow it around the corner and now it's, it's revealed to be some kind of animal maybe. And it's definitely, it's still not moving or anything. So like, yeah, the ball or the shell that was there is now gone. And what's kind of left to me, like, so we'll describe it. Like it was just like a big hunk of rock looking material. And now you sort of start to see these forms of bodily shapes or gestures of, of plumpness but it still has all this black char and everything. And, and I couldn't help myself. And even thinking about it now, I'm getting hungry because <laughs> it looked like, like barbecue chicken or something, dude. Like, I don't know. I just thought like a super charred <laughs> uh, chicken. We you actually, could see these like leg shapes. We actually have a photo. I just brought it up for the, for the viewers. <laughs> all okay. right. So that's the alien. It was, it was, you know, practical effect, animatronic, or probably just a puppet. Um, I wouldn't, I probably know animatronics there. Um, it just it made me hungry whenever you first see it face down in the bushes because you could see these shapes of it and it looked like a like a goddamn chicken thigh or chicken breast that had a lot of char in it and I got hungry. <laughs> uh, so they're like, oh, it still smells like shit. How are we gonna get it out of here? And then this kid shows up out of nowhere, and he's got to you know trim the verge. Uh, He's the gardener. It's Brett. He's filling in for the other guy for his brother, uh, yeah. that was sick. Uh, and he's an uh, underage, like, 15-year-old, acne-riddled uh, weirdo. Yeah. Definitely, like, look, you know, he's got a thick accent, and he doesn't care, and he's probably lazy. He's going to do a bad job. That's that's You get all of that from this kid in the first five seconds. Um, so he goes off to start working, and then the girls are like, okay. Oh, Let's let's pay this guy to get rid of this thing. Yeah. Um. And uh, they do, they do. They offer him 150 bucks, and he's got to kiss uh, Chelsea, right? Mm-hmm. Or Charlotte, Charlotte. He's got to kill. Right. Yeah. That, well. Yeah. So it's weird. Like they make. Uh, yeah. They more or less look at her. Like, obviously, you're going to be the one to do this, and she's right. like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this shit." Yeah. This is like a little bit of an awkward scene because what you're led to believe, what they're telling you is these are grown ass 20 somethings and right. now they're going to offer to kiss this 15 year old underage kid. Yeah. This is pretty uncomfortable type territory. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to take it too seriously. It's just a dumb fucking movie yeah. and this is just a ridiculous scene. But had this been a role reversal, gender reversal type thing, obviously inappropriate. And so it's like, uh, maybe. Right. They're... Right. Well, what's funny, what's funny about the scene too, is that, is that you say that, right. If you, if you switch the gender, it becomes inappropriate. But when it's a 20 year old girl kissing a 15 year old boy, it's okay. Which, which is totally fucked up for us to even yeah. think and feel that way. But like, we well, just I just do, know that that's how other people would feel. I, yeah, I, I, don't yeah, no. I just know that other people would be like, yeah, that's not a big deal. Uh, but the weird, so the weird thing happens here. Uh, they kiss, but like they linger on the kiss, and, and like there's this psychic connection yeah. with the creature, where like where you see noise or you hear noise, where like uh, Charlotte is sort of like into the kiss. Yeah. 
and it's not really you don't really understand why or what. Right. It it it's a very cool um kind of foreshadowing of of what type of creature this may be. Or what <laughs> sure. or what its power is, if it has any kind of uh power over us as humans. Um it was a was a very neat scene. I, I actually really yeah. enjoyed the the, the, <clears throat> the psychic link up here. So uh that happens. Uh they, Gardner, make, fun of, they Brett, make fun of her for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Brett, he goes to uh to go get it and as he's gonna go prod it to stir it to get it to move it, it wakes up all of a sudden right. and screams and screeches and yeah. he freaks the fuck out and he bails. Just bails. He starts running. So now the girls are like, well, let's drag it to get it out of the shade because now it's like a life form that is making noise. So they try they get it onto a tarp, uh, more or less. And, and it's so heavy. They, it's impossibly heavy. It's almost as if its mass is, is like super, super compounded yeah. and uh, for its small shape. They, they get it into the shade. Uh, and now there's like a reprieve here where they're like, okay, well, we took care of that and we're just going to leave it. Right. So they kind of go back to like partying. Yeah, like, and I could have sworn, like, they start taking drugs. Like, I they think do. that there was coke. Yeah, there's yeah. coke involved. There's coke involved, and uh, they, they, they take mushrooms, too. Yeah, okay, and yeah. they're going to do the photo shoot for Define. Right. Which is, um, this was a cool scene. There's, like, a party scene. I like the music here. It was yeah. Club music type thing. Uh, and they're all dressing up. Define is Deidre's, um... Makeup line. Uh, makeup line, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because she's D and she's she fine. defines. It's <laughs> like, um, so yeah, it's just a bunch of that party scene or whatever, and then it uh, cut to bedtime. They're all just asleep, and uh, uh, yeah, but Charlotte can't sleep though. Right, and and the creature starts screeching. It wakes up uh, Charlotte. Right, and so and she Char- runs out Char- to get him. Charlotte and Heather are sharing, uh, like a, sharing one of the larger beds. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she goes out to check on it and, and she's able to carry it now. Yeah. She just picks it up like it's nothing and brings yeah, it Yeah. Like a little house. baby puts it in a little blanket, brings it in. She's like, Oh, well you're just hungry. She gets in the fridge and there's like a, like a milk type. Oh, shake thing. right. A protein shake. Yeah. So she feeds it to the creature. Uh, and then she's like content. She's like, Oh yeah, you're just hungry. So she sets them and she goes back to bed and, and that's fine. And then it's the morning, where uh, Dee goes to get her protein shake, and then finds the the creature like passed out next to the empty bottle of the protein shake, like <laughs> almost like he got like high off of it, or like totally <laughs> fucked up on like Earth yeah, food. She's, yeah, <laughs> and she's so she yeah. goes and wakes them up. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. not happy. It's like, why did you feed that fucking thing my protein my shake? My protein and... shake. Yeah. Uh, and they can't move it. Um, right. So they try to get it out of the house, and they can't move it this time. So obviously mm-hmm. this thing can, like, change its mass, um, like, can self-regulate, I guess, its mass, um, which I, which is another cool ability. So now we have a couple of abilities uh, from this thing. Um, we don't really know what it wants or anything like that yet, obviously, besides to survive this crash um, as it's being nursed back to health by... Charlotte, who, as we said, works in the pet shop, so she must be the bleeding heart who loves animals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, she, so she's going to defend this creature 
um, while Heather and Dee are going to want it basically anything. They're going to want it out of the house. They want it dead. They don't care. They have. They don't give a shit that it's living. And they think it's an armadillo, also, to point out. they No one has said the word alien <laughs> or extraterrestrial yet. No, yeah, they mentioned an armadillo, I know. They, they somehow, an armadillo landed in their pool. <laughs> um, it's at this point where uh, they're going to try to get some help, though, because their cell phones are still down. Uh, so... Uh, Heather knows of a buggy that uh, mm -hmm. her father has, and so they take it up to the neighbor. Yeah. So Deidre's alone with the creature. So Deidre's alone she's with pissed. the creature. And she's pissed. Uh, so she's like, you know what? Fuck this little thing. I'm going to poison it. So she goes and gets some rat poison. She has every intent to poison this little fucker and feed it this rat poison. So she comes back, but she can't follow through with it. And this is where we start to see sort of these visions, correct? Yeah. Like where it flashes the strobes of like weird visuals of like hallways and lights and color. And she drops sort of like the glass. Like this hypnotic trancey type thing. Yeah, she drops the glass. And then I think it just goes back to them. We don't really get to see the event yet. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it goes back to them and they're... They go in, like, the the woman isn't there. She doesn't answer the door. They just go right into her house and kind of snoop around. They leave a note. Hey, it's your neighbor. Uh, we need help. You know, we'll be back maybe. Call us. Come come drive down to us, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and, then they, and then they go back. And then when they get back, they find Deidre in the pool or just, like, um, sunbathing. And they ask about the creature, and now she's all of a sudden fine with it. Like, oh, he's fine. He's in there. Yeah, she's uh, <laughs> the cover art that you see with the red sunglasses and the red lipstick and all that. Um, I think that's more or less her in this outfit now. She's wearing this uh, this one piece, uh, just lounging on a pool, uh, floaty. I think she's got an ashtray on her abdomen. She's just like, yeah, yeah, just fucking chilling, looking really uh, sleek, you know? Yeah. And she's like, it's fine. He's like, what about the cell phones? And she's like, ah, it's fine. They'll work when they work. Maybe they'll work tomorrow. Who knows? We don't need help. We'll just get help when the cell phones come back on. And and so so Charlotte is like, what the fuck? And Heather kind of just glosses over D acting that way. But Charlotte's like, this is not D. This is not how right. D would act. What is happening? So she gets suspicious, but not suspicious enough to do any investigating. Right. Uh, and it's like right after this that... Um, they get to like they're having food together, and D is now they're having like yeah, spaghetti. Yeah, and she's yeah, just so going yeah, to she town. Go into town. Go well, right? Because Heather Heather freaks out on uh, on Charlotte about bringing the thing inside, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll pay you back." She's like, "With what?" And Charlotte's just like, "Well, I can clean or cook lunch." And Heather's like, "Yeah, that's fine. Just cook us some fucking lunch," because mm -hmm. <laughs> you know Heather obviously. Uh, has like this rich background and, and Charlotte we can think probably doesn't right uh, right so D comes in they're eating together and she just goes to town on the spaghetti I mean like and she goes Are you gonna eat that and she takes the other plate and just keeps going it's like it's so good as soon as she's done eating who wants to work out anybody want to work out and they're like no and she's like what more for more sun for me she goes outside starts working out just just like a maniac and then it tr time transitions to night, and she's still out there working out. 
Um, and then mm-hmm. we come back inside to uh, to Chelsea and Heather have another conversation. Um, so it's so it's weird. Uh, Chelsea yeah. and oh god. No, I was just saying like yeah, she does all the working out, uh, and then it's nighttime scene again. Uh, this time uh, Heather wakes up. Yeah. And she hears like a pulsing noise, like it's like an electronic pulsing, uh, you know what you would normally hear with like alien things. If you can recall uh ship, what was the Charlie Sheen movie? The Arrival. Uh, the Arrival. It's like that pulsating of like the, where they're doing this shit. Would you like to see the ruins, my friend? Yeah. I love that movie. I would yeah. quote that movie all the time with my dad. Cause it was just, it was good. It was fun. It was, good. It was a fun movie. Uh, yeah. A lot about that movie was great. It, it's yeah. very nineties in the effects and all that, but it's fun. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she wakes up to this pulsing noise. And it's at this moment where I, the feeling of the movie dragging is starting to really settle in because it's just, it's the pacing of the first part where they're at the pool and they're talking, getting to know each other. And then the thing arrives, it's all great and well done. It's just right now they're just dealing with it. Even with events with the eating and then going to the, 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 the sage woman's house that no, you know, is yeah. a weirdo. It just starts to drag, and it's like not a lot of things are happening. It's just kind right. of like it's unfolding, and and this is again where it's starting to drag, and it really shouldn't because this is going to be pretty fucking crazy. This is where this we is, this see... is where it starts. Act three, right? It starts right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So Heather walks out into the living room, and the alien is sitting way, way back, and from its crotch is this huge spread of of just like red and and like dark grays and blacks and it's and it's all it's all definitely you know flesh of some kind yeah flesh tissue organal type it, yeah it's visceral. huge it, it takes up you know a, a third of the living room and well, it's and, like a fucking sofa sized yeah. sectional type and and piece. in and in this kind of webby cocoon style but it, but it's like solid flesh writhing in pleasure is d and yeah yeah and she's in there and um she's obviously nude and heather is like about to freak and yeah but, but then, then yeah you, you she... hear the you hear the noise and she and she gets like a flash and takes her clothes off and and just it absorbs into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's all these mind trippy type visuals. You're seeing flashes of uh, machines and of the sex uh, yeah. being nude. There's like colors and flames and skulls. There's blood. Yeah. And they're screaming. It's just like uh, all the imagery all here kinds is, of weird is, is uh, all the imagery here is fantastic. Um, you know, they don't make it gross, right? Like it's it's definitely gross and off putting as a as just like a form but mm. but the actual act of like what you see um they don't they don't go over the top with it you know it's not slimy right they're not, they're so, not like pen, being penetrated they're not you know they're not screaming or anything like that here's where i think that they should have leaned into that for me Okay. I would have wanted a film to lean heavily into the the sort of body horror of it of this and um 
Like, if you think of, like, how someone like, I don't know, Cronenberg might handle this, mm-hmm. where there's going to be intense visuals and it's going to be upsetting or hard to see, but it, it's going to... Because the alien life form is pretty fucking uh, white bread. Like, in idea, it's more, but in execution, it's kind of nothing really going on. It's the same dumb little puppet. It looks like a, a baby teenage mutant ninja turtle, you sure. know? Yeah. And it's just kind of like, wah, wah, like, yeah. and it doesn't do much. If you really heighten a lot of the visuals surrounding this act and everything else related to it, I think that it would reference the trippy, gross out sci-fi stuff that that is occurring for yeah. me. That's what I would have wanted to see and that it didn't do. Okay. Like it's there, but it's not heightened. You know, it's it's sure. like it's it's mid-range type uh, execution here, and I would have wanted it to be cranked over the top. You know, I think I I don't think I would have hated to see uh, to see more, but I think I really liked that how it was done i liked the subtlety of it um and i liked that it wasn't um going for like like a gross out kind of um scene um mm-hmm. but not to say i wouldn't have liked it that way either like I, if i was that i probably would have loved it too um but i really did enjoy that they didn't do that um so we come to the next morning where um, Charlotte uh, comes out to find the two of them, I believe, in the pool already. Like, yeah, um, like they're poolside right? giggling, and they don't have a care in the world. Yeah, and now they both don't care about getting help. They both don't no. care that the cell phones are gone. Where, where's the guy? Where's the little dude? And they're like, oh, we put him in my room. Okay. Uh, all right, so now Charlotte's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, um, she desperately wants to leave, so she decides that uh, they're not willing to help. She's gonna um, get the buggy and yep. see if she can try to get some help. She from goes the back. Again. Yeah, she goes back to the neighbors, and she walks around the porch this time. Or does she go inside first? I think she goes inside first. She goes yeah. inside. She goes inside, and she finds all these charts, and there's all this equipment. There's like stargazing gear and. Um, she flips through the notebook and she comes to a page and it's literally a drawing of our <laughs> yeah. alien with like with like notes all around it and di- it's like a diagram and she freaks out and she goes outside and she runs around the side of the house and there's the old woman with up against the house with a shotgun and her brains bro- brains blown out against the against the building, which which I thought we were going to see that shotgun again and we didn't. So I thought that was a little weird. Like, uh, okay, wouldn't why would you take this gun at this point? But uh, right, you know, but she mean, works in the pet store. She's right. not the type to carry a gun. Okay, uh, so she so she goes back and she goes straight into the room to look at the alien. And the alien. So this is a weird scene while she's all doing that. Before we get to seeing it, like, uh, it might even be while this is happening. But like, uh, there's a scene of uh, Deidre's oh, in the pool. Right. Screaming, doing weird face contortions, yeah. and Heather is eating, eating raw, eggs. raw eggs, just just scarfing them. And I fucking hate eggs <laughs> for the most part. And this raw egg is like, it got this got me, like where I was just super uncomfortable. Yeah, it was yeah the the raw egg sequence was really great, and uh, yeah, and so was um, so was D's scene. It was they were both very good. 
Yeah, and, it uh, might have been while she while Charles was at the other place, or it it, yeah, it was de- it was it was definitely while Charles was was at the other place. Yeah. So she goes in, and uh, he uh, you know he he does his, his little mind trick. He starts to unleash his tendrils that kind of turn into a the blob that, um, you know, uh, devoured. I, yeah, he starts term. to like to like to to his his if you want to call phallus type thing or whatever has been interacting, it starts to come out, and she's like uh, sort of has a moment of weakness where she's like almost susceptible to like it's coming up, it's wrapping its uh, tentacle around her shoulder, and she's sort of like being allured by it, uh, sort of like a siren's call at first, yeah. uh, but she snaps yeah. out of it. She does. She snaps out of it. She puts her shirt back on and runs out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes right to the right to the friends. And she's yeah. like, "We gotta uh, get the fuck out of here." Blah, it's blah, a blah. fucking alien. We gotta get alien. out of there. Yeah. And they're like incredulous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think even Deidre says something like, "Um, you find an alien and you want to fucking give it away." You want to give it away? <laughs> right. Right. So, so what's what's so cool about this part is. We're getting to um, to understand a little bit more about uh, the aliens' influence over the people, right? Because in movies like this, you've got that groupthink uh, potential infection, stuff like that, where the alien's controlling the girls, but it's really not. Like, the alien has had influence over their, their minds in a way where they're maybe addicted to whatever, uh, you know, whatever sensations they have while they're in his his tentacle mass, whatever. Um, and they're, and they really are also like the part of your brain that would like judge yourself for, for fucking this alien, (laughs) this disgusting creature, right. Is also kind of like turned off. Right. Because they have, yeah, they have no, they don't think it's weird. They don't think it's wrong. They just, they just, they just want it. Um, but they're also not being controlled by him. Um, because this is, this is like D rationally saying things like, uh, it's a fucking alien. We're going to be rich. We're going to make billions of dollars. What are you talking about? Um, and so maybe, you know, maybe there's a part of them that's, that thinks that this is normal and fine and they're going to fuck this alien, uh, because it makes them feel good and they're going to sell it to 60 minutes and they're going to make a million dollars. And that's the plan. Um, but it's at this point in this freakout where they're all yelling at each other that all of a sudden Dee's stomach starts to engorge. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and Heather points it out to, at Dee, and her body is now uh, she's like as if she's showing where she's like five to six months pregnant. Right. She's got a large uh, pregnant belly, yeah. and you cut over to Heather. And she's now, like right behind her. She, her belly yeah. is now uh, yeah. swollen, and they're both freaking out. Uh, and are incredulous, and then immediately it starts with the black goo coming out of the eyes. Right. Yeah, the black goo. So, so uh, uh, Charlotte grabs the club thing. That yeah, this uh, thing has this this weapon has like a name. It looks a lot like I, the. I think it must be Native American in origin. I've definitely seen it before. It looks a lot like one of the weapons that the guy from Last of the Mohicans, I think, had. Yeah. It could be. I think you're right. <laughs> like it's like a more or less like a machete like, type 
style shape, but it looks like it's leather, and then there's just a weight at the at the very tip of the of the right. blade that is what you know is gonna do the, the finishing work. blow. So she runs in there and she cracks the face of the alien and splats it. Like, uh, and that's it. Like yeah. she goes in and she just fucking wails, and it's alien it's bad. Dead. It's done. That's it. But she does get some visions first, or maybe she got the visions when it tried to fuck her earlier. Um, uh, she got, she saw, uh, a lot of the same things that, that Heather saw in her sequence, but she also saw the, the larvae kind of bursting from the pregnant stomachs. And then she saw the earth and then like a alien hand kind of covered it. And, um, so she, she got the plan, right? She, she gleaned the mm-hmm. plan, um, before dispatching it in in one way or another, I don't exactly remember how that happened. Uh, but she comes back out to to find her friends, and I I think are, they're running at this point, yeah. Um, give me a quick second. Uh, yeah, she goes to kill it. Um. Oh. Hmm. So they both come to protect him, Deidre and Heather oh. come to protect him, and they they actually knock Charlotte out. Right, right. And then when she wakes up, she gets the full vision of his plan for world domination. Right. Uh, and that's when she gets the back thing, and then she kills it. Right. So then uh, after that happens. Um, she, I think she gets right in the buggy and she's like, because Heather and Deidre are, are she gets are, the buggy yeah, and she run, hits the road. And they're running towards civilization, holding yeah. their stomachs, bleeding black goo from their eyes and mouth. And they're just uh, disgusting all over the place. And it's re- it looks really great. And she knows that the the only thing she can do is is kill her friends. Um, So she gets in the buggy. She's got the tool, right? And she just drives, and she comes to Heather first. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, she she runs her over with the buggy. She's, <laughs> she's, like, cry, she's like crying, I'm sorry, <laughs> bashes her head in with the stick, mm-hmm. uh, gets back in the buggy, starts driving. Uh, she's gaining on uh, gaining on uh, D, eventually. Uh, yeah, I think that she might just start running after D, but like, because she doesn't have the buggy to to drive anymore right. at this point, or like they're starting to do what she tries to right. chase her by foot. Oh, it won't restart, um, right? Right. Well, it won't start again after Heather, right? Uh, and so now Deidre is uh fighting uh Charlotte, right? Like Deidre's, they're going back and yeah, forth. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, they're actually fighting, and uh, so this is interesting. Okay. This is a nice little little callback. Uh, when when they first got there. Um, Dee's like, are, how are we going to have sex this weekend? And Heather's like, there's no one around for miles, just this old lady who lives next door. And she, so she goes right onto Tinder and she swipes through a couple and she's like, there's this guy. And it's like a 58 year old cowboy. And so we and see a truck, I think, yeah. Yeah, we see a truck pull up and lo and behold, it's the guy from Tinder. Right. Um, he's, he's watching, uh, and he sees more or less Charlotte, uh, hit Deidre. That's right. all that he sees. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then Charlotte gets o- gets over D, and she's got the club back, and she's about to bring it down, and then you hear, bang! 
Charlotte gets shot right off of the top of D. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes down to save her. Like he picks her up. He's like, "You're f- that guy. That lady was about to kill you." And he says, "Mister, you okay? <laughs> that crazy bitch was gonna kill you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, he he carries her back to the truck, and then 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 we get back to Charlotte, who's who's yeah. just, it's just a shoulder wound, and she gets up, and now we see her look at the truck, and we see Dallas's dead body at the door. Um, and she she comes around the outside, and and there's D. D's sitting there, fucking just gross. Like yeah, she's just, transforming. Her yes. her arm is now yeah. like sort of but, turned into a tentacle type form. Yeah, I yeah, know exactly. Yeah, and she's she's like blue, black goo is everywhere. I mean, she's like mm-hmm. her face is almost completely black from the goo. Um, yeah. And her stomach's Furiosa type look. <laughs> yep, her stomach's stomach's bubbling, and uh, you know, once again, same same thing with Heather. She's crying with the club, and she's like, "I'm so sorry," and uh, and smash. Yeah. Okay, so. Well, and then what's the last scene there after the, after right, that smash? Right. She turns to the horizon, holding the club, and. What six or seven streaks in Do- the sky? Dozens. 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 Of streaks in the sky coming down, and then credits. Okay. During the day, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, I get it. I get. I get the horror horror movie ending. But you told such a good story, Sam Walker. It was so. It was so well written. It was so good. The conclusion was so satisfying. The 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 pain of Charlotte's journey from beginning to end, her having to kill her friends to 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 win, and then you just make it all not matter. Ah, man. It it was like oh what a great movie, and then it was like oh but you fucked it up. Why? Why? It was so satisfying. Charlotte's journey was so good. The story was so good. And then you had to go and do that and make all of it not worth it. Like, or not not worth it. Worthless. In the grand scheme of the future of the Earth. She suffered so much to stop this alien from colonizing the planet. And the planet is going to get colonized and anyway yeah i mean <sighs> it's a poor decision to to conclude it in that way um i'm not sure what what guides people to to pull things back in that way like if it's that if it's a a studio directed thing where they're like oh this is too dark and too unfulfilling you can't do that or they say you have to change it or you know it gets screened and audiences don't like it because look that that feeling that you and I would both have I don't necessarily believe that that is something that the general public ascribes to um I think that they would want to see I think you know there's plenty of dumb fucks out there that'd be like oh that was really cool and then like there's just more coming man that's yeah. all gonna be fucked up and yeah it's like yeah because yeah, you're a dimwit motherfucker yeah and you I, don't have any artistic appreciation or understanding so I feel like it could be a lot of those things, you know, uh, that made them 
I I, I, I I do agree. I think that that ending does actually appeal to the masses, unfortunately, because they go because yeah. they go whoa, right? It's kind of like a shock at the end. Um, yeah. You know, it's the hand coming up from the grave at the last second. Um, right. So you know, it's uh, and I think I agree that the film would have been a much more finished piece had they left it just the trauma of her having to do such horrific acts to escape and to be free and to survive this scenario, you know, the transition of defeating all these things and overcoming as a final girl, all kinds of neat little tropes and nods to things, homages uh, of that journey, uh, working in sci-fi and in horror would have been very fulfilling uh, for me. So, you know, I don't think that the movie was perfect up to this point and this just completely ruined it i think that there were really good elements in the movie um and to me like it really did drag for a little bit there uh before it finally picked up and did wackiness because like you know like i said the first part the setup was great it was very entertaining and then a little muddy mess in the middle when the creature was there and again it's because i wasn't sold on the way that the creature interacted or some of the right. visuals were fine, but it wasn't heightened to like this awareness that I wanted. And so then by the time it got to the conclusion where she's chasing them down in a buggy, running them over and beating them to death without a care uh, for the humanity of like her best friends, like there's the, that's absurd. I enjoyed that part because it was so uh, wacky. It was just uneven in that way. So, yeah. The fact that the the, the final uh, conclusion of the last shot did what it did, uh, it's not like it ruined a, an A-plus movie and made it a C. I thought it was still right. like B to C range movie, and it's just like solidified that it's not going to get to above average. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it, it. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know exactly where. You know what it is. It, it lost like one point. You know what I mean. It didn't lose three points, right? Right, of course. Uh, so, uh, what what you think? Uh, so for me, uh, I landed this one right out of five out of ten. I did as well. Five. Cool. Yeah. Two two similar ratings. Two I think two. that you know, uh, I I would rewatch it because I know what things to enjoy out yeah. of it too. Uh, I'd be interested in, in seeing some of the certain things again. And again, the comedy I thought was spot on where, um, you know, let the wrong one in just did too much. This one had it at certain moments that were great. Like I said, the yeah. stuff, all their dialogue after, after the annoying Deidre social media stuff, there was really good lines right then. Yeah. And then when they started to reinteract with crazy shit happening, there were still some good lines then. And it was sprinkled in and throughout. Yeah, I think um, you know what this movie could have done um, better was you know maybe um, give us a little more time with the alien. Um, by and by that, yeah. the only the only way to do that is to add another character or two, and just make this movie a little bigger. Which you know, independent movie, small budget. You know, written directed by the same guy, so he's got his script, his vision. Uh, you know, probably wasn't gonna happen. Um, yeah. But you know, could have killed. Mean, the kid could have done, could have interacted with it more, and mm-hmm. something could have happened there. Um, 
the woman could have been alive and we could have had some kind of interaction with her before she offed herself. Um, I mean, it's wild. Like it's still, it's still it's great written. Like it's, it's wild. Essentially it's a fucking sex alien, Yeah. you know, where it's like species. If species weren't a hot chick, you know right. what I mean? <laughs> it's it a, really uh, is like, a little, species. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's it just, just needs to, it just, to procreate, it just needs to procreate more to, of it. Yeah. To, to conquer the earth. Yeah, exactly. And, and the way that they executed it was pretty awesome. Uh, and man, yeah, some of the lines are great. Uh, <laughs> I think Deidre says it. She says to Charlotte, uh, there's a reason you work in a pet shop for minimum wage. And it's just, it's just deadpan. Like, yeah. fuck, that's, that's pretty sharp. But it's funny as hell. Yeah. Yeah, in the context, it, it was, yeah, it was funny. Um, so yeah, overall, I, I will also probably watch this one more time, but probably not anymore after that. Certainly not going to put it on my shelf. Um, no. Yeah. It's a neat little thing like, Oh, did you ever see that? That was qualities, certain things. And again, it's, it's, it serves as a good example of to solidify that you can identify, um, good decisions and bad decisions. Uh, and, when you know things make a turn for the worse or whenever they like when they could have turned things up a notch or when right. things are, are good, you know, it just helps you to, to know and understand what you like or what you don't like and how things can be done uh, intelligently or not. Uh, so it's a good, it's a good signpost type film and really for it to be the first feature length. Uh, it, I think it shows oh, yeah. a lot of promise. Oh, absolutely. And I'll definitely be yeah. interested in more that he does and more that these actresses are in because I thought yeah. that they were very good. Uh, well, I just looked it up. Chelsea Edge is in a uh, 2022 Apple TV series called Suspicion. Um, she was she played Charlotte. Um, so I don't know if that's any good. Obviously, Apple TV shows, I have no idea. I'll never watch any of them, I'm sure. Um, but oh, I would Lucy love to... Martin was in Vikings, apparently. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah for 18 episodes and so i don't know i never watched vikings and really i saw the northman so why should i watch the Vi watch vikings because there's no way that vikings is going to be anywhere near as good as the northman was right and vikings was a like a four a few seasons a series. Though, right yeah 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 well okay so she's wrapping up or they're they're in post on a movie called the last time you saw me uh where she's the star uh, written and directed by Richard Mundy. Looks like a drama. Um, so that looks cool. Because, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see what Chelsea Edge does next. Yeah. Hopefully another video game movie. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I don't mean that like a movie of a video game. A movie that is a video game. They're remaking Super Mario Brother. So just, <laughs> yeah. you know, you'll get your yeah. movie. Yeah. Cr Relax. Uh, Chris Pratt, right? As Mario. They, hey, Chris Pratt's church doesn't do such and such, and so you don't like Chris Pratt now. It's great. I, I don't know anything about that. I try to I try to not watch entertainment news that is not specifically horror related. <laughs> do 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 do. I think that was entertainment tonight. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. All right. So we had a, a three and a five across the board. Um, yeah. for Let the Wrong One In and The Seed, respectively. And I think that wraps it for episode 21 of the cast. Um, next week, I believe, 
Firestarter will hit one of the streaming services on Friday, the Firestarter remake. And I think we're going to try and get our hands on Hatchling. Hatching. Uh, hatching. Hatching. Um, if that doesn't happen, who knows what, this, what the other movie will be. Uh, check out the Twitter to find the splash image when it comes out. Um, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, it's Rodney's favorite part of every episode when I say mm-hmm. that. Hit that bell <laughs> yeah. so you're notified. Notified, and it's somewhere. I have no idea where it is because I actually don't really watch YouTube videos. So. Oh, it must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the podcast for the recently deceased, I'm Nate Roberts. I'm Rodney Godek. Take care. And we'll see you next week.